And I could gush for days on that. Um, <laughs> give, give me an hour and I'll go. Welcome to the Out Loud Queer Music Podcast, brought to you by The Q Review and hosted by Kenny Fitzpatrick. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Out Loud. This week, we are joined by a very special guest from Halifax, Nova Scotia, as well as Toronto, Ontario. We have one of the most quickly recognizable names in Canadian music, the always impressive T. Thomason. T. just celebrated one year of their self-titled debut album as well, took four songs from that album and re-recorded them with some special guests and became the part two project. So that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to get into each of those four songs and the guests that T. brought on board and how everything was created. And we're going to listen to some music and talk with the wonderful T. Thomason. Thanks for for joining us today. I'm super happy to be here. Thanks for having me. As I said, you have been busy, not just in the past few months, but the past year and leading up to the past year. Congratulations on the anniversary of the self-titled album. It doesn't feel like a year. I know. It's so weird. It it feels like we blinked and... We're here now. <laughs> it it really, really doesn't feel like a year. It feels like, well, it just feels like Loser came out the other day. And here we are past Loser with the, the album and we lose a part two and all the other part twos. So let's, let's, let's start at the, the beginning, the album. The lead up to the album had been a bit of a journey. You'd been working towards that for, for quite some time. And for somebody like me, who's kind of been following your career path since the, the earliest stages, getting to, to Loser and then also into to the full album uh, must have felt like a real true accomplishment, not only personally, but also professionally. Yeah, it did. It was funny. Like you said, there were so many different phases to that album. You know, Loser, by the time we released Loser, we started with Bliss in in August 2018. And then right around that time was when the launch kind of came along and we started talking with them. And like, it just, we realized very quickly that if I was going to do that show, I would have to push the release of my record for another year. So we, we were able to release Loser as a single the following November 2018. And then it was sort of like, okay, we're going quiet and... I'm doing this show and I ended up releasing a single as a result of that show, which was really cool, but I didn't know that, that was going to happen obviously when we were making all these decisions. So it definitely felt like this great, exciting thing to be like, okay, I'm, this is happening. The record's coming out. And then this other thing happened, which was also really good. And you're just sort of like, okay, everything's happening at once. And I was still very determined to put that album out, but uh, I just had to wait for a little bit longer. So it was almost like a stop and start, but also be an overtime situation. It definitely was a case of when it rains, it pours uh, in, in a way. And I mean, the launch was, it's funny because, you know, in we're so used to the United States 
in, in reality TV and these kinds of shows. So when the launch happened, I don't think people knew what to expect. But it was really an interesting show to watch to get the perspective of an artist, to get a perspective of kind of what goes into things and, you know, working together. And it was such an amicable show where we're so used to, to reality TV being, you know, like, oh, I got to make it, got to get to the top, got to kind of win kind of thing. It was such a, a bit of a, a different lens to watch artistry through. So mm-hmm. it must have been a great experience. And obviously it was. You mm-hmm. got hope from it which was a phenomenal single. Thanks. Yeah, I felt pretty pretty great about that. And I felt really like, yeah, with that show, I mean, I kind of had a lot of, uh, you know, I was nervous going into it as well. And I had a lot of reservations going into it as well because, yeah, we're so used to this certain vibe surrounding reality TV shows, especially music reality TV shows. And I was just like, man, I don't know if I want to be that guy who was on a reality TV show. So I was like, okay, once I decided that, you know, once I had met the team who was doing, working on it, and I was like, okay, a, a lot of these people are people I actually already know from the music industry. So I, I have faith that the industry, this is actually connected to the industry. It's not just, you know, some TV network making entertainment for the masses or whatever. Like, this is actually an opportunity to push your career forward in this kind of unique situation. And so then when I decided to do it, I was just like, okay, you know, if I'm doing this, this has to be it. I have to be really confident about my choice and my decision. And I have to make sure that all my friends and family are on board. Not that many of them knew because there were a lot of big NDAs associated with it. But like the people who did know, I I needed them to be people who were supportive and not kind of making fun of the format or questioning the format or whatever. And, uh, And I think because of that and then because of, yeah, everybody on the show being so committed and really being there to lift up up and coming talent and really genuinely believing in the importance of that, it made it a really, it made me able to kind of really put myself into it. And I think, yeah, I feel that when I when I think back to the experience, when I listen to that song, I feel like, wow, what a big learning experience that was. And I'm thankful for it. I mean, you know, with with names like Ryan Tedder and Sarah McLaughlin, who who now you're quite familiar with, the caliber of talent that was there helps to ease in one sense, the, the, maybe the nerves going into it, but probably also heightens it, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I think you don't necessarily know who the the mentors are, you know, before, like they don't tell you when you're signing up, they don't even tell, they don't tell you till you're on set and they like film your reaction kind of thing. So yeah, but I mean, seeing season one, for sure, you're just like, okay, these are busy people. They're not going to waste their time on something like they're putting their name on this, you know? So there's something happening here. It was great to watch. And I just can't imagine the nerves being on set and all of a sudden, Hey, (laughs) In walks, you know, all these people. You're like, no. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But like I said, great experience because you did get to meet a lot of people. You obviously brought some of them along kind of of the rest of your journey with you in in different ways. I have to say, going back to one piece of the album that I thought was completely stunning was Birdsong and especially the video and just the presentation of that song. I think the album is phenomenal. And I think that when you sit down and you think about your journey and if people don't know it, they should go back and really look at your music and, and, you know, kind of where you've come from. That album is a real solid piece of, of who you are now, I guess, Mm -hmm. and where you want it to, to kind of get to. And it feels like a little bit like a release listening to it. 
the the song the whole project that you're that you've just celebrated by releasing the part twos of four songs from the album Bird Song, Bliss, Oh My King God, King Loser, King. and King Spades. Okay. Uh, are the four that you released as part twos. Those were also singles uh, that you released off the album. So I'm assuming that's why you chose those four songs rather than four different ones. Yeah, they were the only one that wasn't a single was King of Spades. And yeah, but those were, that was kind of why I chose those. And then I just feel like, I mean, I chose King of Spades because I thought of Rose and then I was like, that would be the perfect song for her to, to be on. Um, so that's why I picked that song really was because I wanted to hear what Rose was like on it. And she literally just texted me. <laughs> That's funny. But uh, yeah, and then the other songs, yeah, they were the singles and they were the ones that, you know, people responded to really strongly. And I was like, okay, I I'm I want to expand this and, and give people a little bit more. Rose Cousins, who's on King of Spades. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what did, what was it, what's it about Rose? I mean, there's so much that you can say about Rose. And if anybody doesn't mm-hmm. know Rose Cousins, please um go dig go dig go listen what is it about rose that you thought fit king of spades so well and what did you want to to hear from her well i mean that song is a little bit of an outlier on the album because it's a little bit it doesn't really have synth sounds or samples or the more kind of electronic pop sounds it's a pretty like organic and acoustic feeling kind of song um like organic instruments and live instruments and live musicians and you know obviously I think that lends itself to what Rose does you know she's working really in the singer-songwriter folk pop idiom and and it does it so well and also just the song this the, the message of the song and like the you know Rose I think would a- agree that she writes a lot of really emotional heartbreaking songs about relationships whether they're romantic or familial or friendships um, or the relationship that we have with ourselves. And that song to me is very, it's a relationship song, but it's also really introspective. And it's about what you can give to somebody and what you can't give to somebody and what they might want from you and, you know, or what you think they want from you and all of those kind of nitty gritties of relationships. And uh, Rose is so good at, at those songs. You know, she's so good at looking at those things and looking at them closely and carefully and putting words to them. So I was like, okay, I would love to hear her go in on this song. Keep you up at night I toss 
and I turn and it's not right I can't give the simple lie So don't you go asking Oh, it's a lot to be I want you to want But you can't need You can't need me
So we have Rose, uh, Ivan Coyote, Rhea May, and of course, Sarah McLaughlin as the four artists that you chose for your part twos. They are all what I would consider to be storytellers uh, yeah. in their own right. And Absolutely. Very, very powerful storytellers in, in very different ways. And I would consider yourself also in, in the same as, as a storyteller. Uh, you're a young musician and a young artist, but you know, your approach to music is very much from a storytelling aspect. And would you consider yourself somebody that do you, do you struggle over the songs? Is, it, is there a push and pull for you with your music? Yeah, I think it's, there's more of one now that I'm older. When I was younger and writing, it was just like they would just pop out and a lot of them would just be fully formed and it was just, they were right there. And as I've gotten older, yeah, things take a longer time to, you know, I'll start something, put it aside, come back to it. Sometimes, you know, sometimes there are still days where a song just shows up and it's great, but um, it's not as regular as it used to be anymore. And that's sometimes really hard because I did a lot of writing when I was younger. Like I got used to that and it was really weird when it started to change. But I think that just happens with life. You know, you get, you have other responsibilities as an adult and you can't dedicate yourself a hundred percent to being creative. So yeah, no, it definitely has become more of a push, pull, stop, go. Well, I would say too, life experiences probably throw spanners in the works as well. That, you know, the, the more experience you have, the more you have to think about, the more story you have to tell, and probably the more care that you're putting into it because the experiences are, are heavier or they're bigger than what you're used to as you, as you kind of grow up, mm. or hopefully at least. Rhea obviously is from, from the same area, you know, is been doing so well in Canada and uh, in the United States and, and internationally. Was, was there a relationship with Rhea beforehand? Rhea has been super great and like so supportive. The, the reason that I kind of thought of her and Rose were because both of them, other than be, like, there's so many reasons that I thought of both of them, but we've been, been kind of in touch. I've been in touch with both of them over the, especially over the last year and, you know, when things would come up and there'd be bigger contracts or, you know, different opportunities that were kind of, I had not dealt with negotiating or trying to find somebody to negotiate from, or, you know, whatever. These are things that they've both, they've dealt with stuff on that level. And they're both so generous with their time that they would be open to me calling them and asking questions or asking their input or whatever. So they were really uh, helpful in terms of just navigating the the new things that were coming my way. And Rhea was definitely, you know, she's super supportive of up and coming Nova Scotian artists. You know, she's always that person who wants to connect you with people that have helped her or, you know, wants to bring you out to meet this person or write with this person. Or I would be over at her house and she'd be, I have like some clothes that I'm getting rid of. If you, if you want like to go through them, like she's just like literally, would give you her shirt, you know, like she's, she's that person. So we definitely, she'd been very supportive. 
Lose is a really interesting song to have Rhea on, and I'm interested in in why you chose Rhea for it. But, you know, Rhea has such um, a distinct sound and a distinct voice. Mm-hmm. And Loser, when it first came out, it's, uh, you know, right from the get-go, you think, oh, it's it's a darker song. And you don't necessarily think of, of Rhea as necessarily too dark. She's a, a pretty straight shooter in her music. So it's it was interesting to, to hear her on that track. And I thought the two of you together sounded incredible. Rhea, the choice, where did that come mm-hmm. from? And, and what was it about her? I'd been playing Rhea demos of my album for, you know, a while before it came out and in all different kinds of stages. And one of the songs that she really grabbed onto was Loser. That was, she, you know, she listened to that and texted me and was like, oh my God, like, I love this. And she would bring it up all the time and stuff. So when I was thinking about this project, I of course thought of her because when I thought of like, okay, people who have really been mentors to me, well, Rhea for sure. And then I was like, okay, I have to ask her to do Loser because that just, that's just the song that we would always talk about and that she liked. And to me, that song is probably the most kind of like obvious pop song like it's obviously a pop song you know on that album like some of those songs on that album like kind of genre blend and whatever but to me that is very much like a dark pop song and I was like yeah and I just I love the and that's what Rhea does you know she does great pop music and she finds a way to wrap up storytelling in great pop songs so it seemed kind of the the right the right fit for that the original of Loser, um, when I first heard it, uh, what excited me about it was that it was a new take on dark pop to me. Mm. I found a lot of what was currently coming out at the time. It was it was on the same kind of track and it was it was heading in the same direction. And what I found Loser did was take a sidestep out of it a bit mm. and give it its own take on it. And that I really appreciated. Mm. And then with the two of you together and, and what Rhea also brings, it just took that song to to another place. And I think it's kind of magic the the yeah. two of you on Thanks. on that song. Thanks.
Remember to check us out on the Out Loud Radio Show, broadcasting Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on CIOE 97.5 FM or online at communityradio.ca. Wow, that must be a heavy a heavy load to, to carry when you have a song and it's a personal song for you and it's, you know, it's important to you and then you ask somebody to be a part of it. They're putting their stamp on it too in, a, in, in kind of a way that it, it must feel like this is, this is an important weight to carry in a way. Yeah. I mean, I think I felt, I felt lucky because I, I think with definitely with the first two with uh, King of Spades and Loser, you know, we had been sitting on those songs for so long. I felt really confident in the original version that was out. And so I was like, and I really trusted Rhea and Rose and I was like, cool, just do your thing with it. I want you to like change it up, do something different, like make it not what's already out there. And I was kind of ready for that because yeah, like we have, I got my turn. I got my turn to do like the original versions and the original releases and all of that and give them a life in and all that. And I think the songs that I felt like kind of more intensely about were the the last two, Birdsong and Bliss. To me, those ones were, I was like, okay, these ones like need to be, I think with Rhea and Rose, I was kind of just like, do whatever you want. Like just do whatever it is. And with Birdsong and Bliss, I just felt like, a little more protective of what was going to happen to them. So there were certain parameters that I set with those songs that I was like, okay, hey, I need this to be the way it goes for me to be comfortable with a, a reimagining of this song, you know? Well, let's talk Birdsong and Ivan Coyote. Out of the four artists that you chose, probably the least mainstream known. How did, how did the Ivan connection, I guess, come about? Yeah, well, it's so funny because it came really naturally out of the, the the collaboration with Rhea. Rhea, I was driving home to Nova Scotia from Toronto in May, and it was we were on the phone at one point talking about the the loser drop and 
she said like, what are you doing? What's the next one? And I knew that the, I knew there was going to be four and I knew that bliss with Sarah was the final one. And I knew that I wanted birdsong to be one of them. But one of the things for me with birdsong was that I was like, I really want the person who does whatever they end up doing to this song to be trans or to have some connection to the trans community. But ideally I'd like them to be trans because to me, you know, I think that song means a lot to a lot of different kinds of people. Um, but for me, like it was about my transition and I wanted to stay true to that in the reimagining. So that was a parameter that was set around that song for me that felt different. Like the other, like King of Spades and Loser, I was literally like, whatever you want to do with it, like it's cool. But for me, I was like, okay, hey, I, I can have someone do whatever they want to it, but I, I think it needs to be a trans artist. I said that to Rhea and I was like, I don't know. Like I had been exploring a couple options, but nothing had really kind of panned out. And then we kind of moved on and she mentioned that she had been having Zoom hangouts with Ivan. And I was like, oh my God, I love Ivan. I've never met them. I've never talked to them, but I love their book. Gender Failure with Ray Spoon was so important to me. And, you know, I'm just such a fan. And then Rhea was like, wait a minute. Like, what if you did something with Ivan for Birdsong? And I was like, oh my god like yeah I would love that and then we were both just like the wheels were going so fast and she was like okay I'm gonna get off the phone I'm gonna message them and like set you guys up and so that was how that happened and it was really exciting and so lovely again it's such a great example of Rhea's generosity with Ivan on uh the the song did it did it flow naturally was there uh, a lot of kind of like back and forth uh, Mm -hmm. about it yeah, there was a bit of back and forth. I mean, because I was sort of like, I don't, we neither, none of us really knew what we were going to do, like what we were going to end up with because Ivan, Ivan is a musician, but you know, I was interested in them as a storyteller and a, and, and a, a writer, an author and, and the idea of them reading a piece of theirs and us kind of intertwining it with the the track and, and my vocals in some way. And so we were like, we have no idea what this is going to mean or how it's going to work. So I sent them the song and they got on the phone with me and kind of said, okay, so what, what was this about for you when you wrote it? And I gave this like really long answer that was probably not helpful. (laughs) And then, you know, kind of thought about it some more and sent a more concise answer over email. And, and then they wrote to me and they said, yeah, you know, I've been listening to it a bunch and I sat down to write something, but then I realized like I've written this piece, I wrote this piece in quarantine, like, you know, a month ago. And I just, I don't know, like, I feel like maybe there, it could work, it, you know, and they sent me this piece called Feather Armor. And uh, I was like, yeah, that is totally, that's a fit. And so they recorded they recorded themselves reading it. And then we kind of took that recording and Dave, my producer and I just stretched the track around it. And, and yeah, it was really, it was totally different kind of way of doing a song. I'd never done a song like that before. And it was really cool. I think it's fantastic how that came out. I'd love to see more of that. I I think it adds, and I think that it tells the story in in a different way. It really opens the story up. I, used birdsong as uh, a means to talk with uh, a youth group in New York. And I was on Zoom with them. And I was just talking to them about expanding their musical interests and not necessarily just 
allowing radio or, or mainstream to kind of dictate to them to, to really look for the artists that speak to them. And I mentioned Birdsong. I was like, have you ever heard of an artist called T. Thompson? No. And I was just like, well, it's not surprising. I mean, you are in the United States and, and you're 14. So maybe not. Okay. Uh, but I was just like, let me introduce you. And I said, this is, this is how you can expand yourself and, and see yourself in artists out there and the stories that they're telling. And they were just shocked that yeah. this music existed. Like I explained to them part two of Birdsong and I was like, yeah. you know, here's what you're going to, you're going to get from the song. Then of course the, the, the counselors and they kind of went off. They were like, Oh my God, we need, <laughs> you know, we need to include this stuff in our regular. And I was like, absolutely. You need to, you need uh, to dig out there. Um, so if you ever have a few folks from, from Long Island, New York coming for you and, and talking to you, yeah. That may be why. Um, I love that. Thank I'm you. peddling Nova Scotia music around. I love the world. that. <laughs> but awesome. it does. It speaks to the storytelling of not only you but also Ivan and just artists who have something to say. When you collaborate, when you bring different, not just genres but for different styles together, how you can just open that up to a completely different world, and it really does become something incredibly powerful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was funny because Ivan when they heard the first one of the first cuts they were like oh like yeah it's cool but like I don't know I feel bad I feel like I'm taking over your song and like I'm just talking the whole time and like you're you don't you know should we have more of your vocals and you're singing in it and I was like no like this is what I wanted like the track is underscoring you the whole time the track is still there my vocals come in for a little bit at the end but like I have the other version I have the 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 song that's fine. This is the point of this project. Like, and I felt like that song, that bird song part two was kind of like kind of the ultimate one to me in a way, because it just took the song so far away from its original state, but then still kept some strings of the song's DNA. And I was like, that is exactly what I wanted to see this project do is like pull these songs into another universe and yeah, like, it's just so exciting to see that. It's so cool to, to, to see that second life. I remember a couple of years back, this kid in Singapore asking me after a gig how I cope emotionally with being misgendered all the time. They were a thin wisp of a kid. In their first year of college and tender all over, I could tell, tucked into an armchair in the multi-purpose room on campus, wearing a scarf pulled up around their chin and mouth and hiding wing-like shoulder blades and collarbones under an oversized jean jacket, even in all that heat and humidity. I realized as I was saying it out loud that I try to be impervious now to someone using the wrong pronoun for me. I tell myself it is an irritant at best, like a black fly behind my ear when I'm trying to put a fish hook on my line. Not even a mosquito, and certainly not capable of taking any of my flesh like a horsefly would. I notice it, but it is easily swatted and crushed. It does not touch me inside in any way and simply gives me intel on the person who is speaking to or about me. It helps me categorize the speaker no more, no less. A friend, ally, stranger, unhip lay person, oblivious sis, lazy host, intentional foe, good to know. 
tell myself all of these things. It's hard to see a kid in pain like that. It's important to say the right thing when asked a question like that. But sometimes there really isn't a right thing to say. What I really wanted this kid to know is that they are going to need to somehow build up the calluses around their heart just a little. That they cannot and should not ever give up their power so easily to another. Shouldn't put any shred of their own self-worth into the sloppy hands of a stranger or anyone. I wish. I wish I had told them to stand up full inside themselves and imagine that they are protected by a full suit of shimmering armor made of feathers, made of sequins, made of 600 skins they have already had to shed to become what they are right now in this minute. I wish I had told them to live inside their feathered armor skin with such surety and self-love that who they really are inside could never be shaken by any words stuck to or shot at them from outside of themselves. Ever. Not ever. No way. Just let me change. Just send me with the trans flags on both shins and picked up my neon orange skipping rope and headed out into our little stretch of concrete in the sun out back. The neighbor from up the street slowed his big truck right down to a roll and lowered his tinted window halfway to speak to my partner and I like he does some days. I can't believe you ladies can jump like that in this heat, he said. I regarded him from inside of my armor skin and ruffled my feathers just a little so I looked bigger and so I could skip higher. Then I did three double-unders in a row without breaking a sweat. My new name is Sir Neversird. Pleased to meet you. And of course, we get to the most recent release, um, which is Bliss and Bliss Part Two with a little artist that some people may have heard of by the name of Sarah McLaughlin. Some of the, some of the pieces that I've, I've read, you met through the launch. Tell us, tell us about, was, were you nervous to ask her to be a part of it? Yeah, so we met on the launch. She was one of the coaches on the launch. You know, as soon as I walked out and they said I was from Nova Scotia, she was like, oh, Nova Scotia. Because, you know, she lives in BC now, but she she's she, she's from here. And, I mean, we, we still claim her, I feel like. And that was, we filmed in October, the launch, and it didn't air until the following February. And so, you know, you kind of spend the time in between the filming and the airing, like, wondering if it actually happened. And the day after it aired, um, I got a text from this on um, this random number and it was like hey t it's sarah m your mentor i just heard hope on the radio and i'm so excited for you and whatever and i was just like oh my god like what like is happening right now but anyway we stayed in touch and 
so when I wanted to ask her about the song, I felt, you know, I felt like, I felt like, you know, we, we would go back and forth a little bit and I'd kind of keep her posted on my life. And, you know, she was, she'd always answer me, which shocked me. Like anytime I sent her a text, I was like, okay, I'm ready for this to be the last time that like she ever answers me. You know? And uh, yeah, I just, I wrote to her and I was like, Hey, I don't know. I'm doing this project. And I thought of you for this song and she had heard bliss cause I played it on the launch and um, she, she wrote back and was like, yeah, you know, I'd love to do it. It was funny. It actually, I was in uh, the UK when I wrote to her and I didn't hear back from her for like a month. And I was like, Oh, maybe it was because I was using a different number from the UK or whatever. And I was like, Oh, well, you know, I asked, but I was like, it is weird that she didn't answer me. Cause she, you know, she usually, even if she was going to say no, like, I feel like she would have answered me. And then a month later, I get this text and she's like, oh my gosh, like, I was just going through my phone and checking things that I missed and I realized I didn't answer you and I, I'm just wondering, like, if this opportunity is still, if it's still an, op- an option, like, I'd love to do it. And I was like, <laughs> like, yes, it's still an option. Like, <laughs> No, sorry, Sarah, you missed, yeah. you missed your chance. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but it, yeah, but that's what happens when you, when you use a, a, a different UK phone number or whatever. I, I'm blaming that. But uh, I think I was nervous, but I was also like, all you can do is ask and it's not that weird, I don't think. And I also have absolutely no problem as, if this person doesn't want to do it. It's totally fine, but I'll ask because you just never know. And then there you go. Lucky enough, she said yes. I, I don't know who, who benefits more from this, you or us. Um, because, <laughs> you know, we, we get such a great song. And, and Bliss was already a great song. But then I think that with, um, with Sarah McLaughlin, you get a voice that is so... I mean, Sarah McLaughlin's been a part of so many different parts of music throughout the past, geez, 20, 30 years. She's iconic in her own right, but also incredibly, you know, down to earth. And and I don't know. I don't know where you go after that. Because I mean, that's just such a, just a great feeling. I think it must be to have that piece of work as an accomplishment. Yeah, no, it definitely is. And I think, I don't know. It's like for me, like the parameters of that song of Bliss. Well, I mean, she was the first person I thought of. And I was like, that's who I want to do this if I'm going to do it. Because Bliss to me is such a special song and I know that you know it's I get a lot like it's a song that I get a lot of feedback about from people saying that that how much they love it and I think that has a lot to do with the fact that it is about family and that's something that everybody can relate to whether it's your biological family or your chosen family or whatever and that was something that I think as I got to you know spend little bits of time here and there and just keep in touch with Sarah or follow her on social media or whatever. It's like, you see that that is really important to her too. And I was like, I, you know, I know that she gets that about this song and about, and especially as somebody in the entertainment industry and, and all that, keeping the people who've been with you from the very beginning or who know you the very best, keeping those people really close and keeping you grounded and whatever. And I was just like, I, I've, I've seen that in her and I've been inspired by that from her. Um, so I was like, that's, 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 that was kind of my parameter for bliss. It's like, it just has to be her. And, and, and I didn't want a lot of the other songs we kind of reimagined in terms of like, we rewrote them or we changed the structure or whatever. And I was like, I don't really want to do that with this one because I feel like to me again, like it's just so precious, the lyrics and the story and all of that. And I feel like 
it has resonated with people, you know, that like my music and I don't really want to change the kind of words of the song, but, uh, but I was like, let's do a duet and let's completely do a new production version. Let's like, let's take it in that direction. So those were my parameters for that song. And, uh, it was really, yeah, it is, it is kind of, I don't know if I've really fully processed the reality of what has happened with it, but it's, it's great. It's really, it's, it's a nice, it's a great and lovely thing. My father said, get out there and look around, get out of your head and be glad for the ground. Cause you never know, you never know, you never know what's coming. He said, I raised you to think critically I raised you to smile while you bleed I raised you to be someone, to be something He said, hold on to this Past all your fears you will find Just walk and the farther I go Footprints I leave ain't mine no more No stepping, stepping, stepping with changing shadow I just walk and hope I'm getting close Catching up with all the ghosts I'd like to get to know So I hold on to this all your fears you will find bliss yeah hold on to this past all your fears you will find bliss what i find admirable about sarah is is something that i i see in a lot of there's a lot of people that i find that admirable in in the music industry who are just the artists that focus on their music and their message and it's consistent through everything they do and they clearly have their boundaries and they won't be pushed to cross their boundaries because they understand that that's their life, you know, and that is not for sale. So I think like that, I really respect that. 
I think there is room for it. I think that I'm hoping if anything comes out of COVID that maybe we see a little bit more of, and it's so weird that now everything starts with comes out of COVID. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that what we see is a little bit more return to that. Yeah. I think that it's important and I think it was lost along the way. And mm-hmm. I think it's really to get back to that storytelling, that music, that love of, you know, what music can do for you and mm-hmm. what it offers you outside of the spectacle. Yeah, because I think you need to create that stuff. I mean, I, I know this for myself, like I need to actually go and live my life so that I can then write songs about whatever it is that I'm writing about. But if I'm just like glued to a screen at all times, messaging people or making videos or watching other people's stuff or whatever, like that doesn't fill me up with anything to say, you know? So I need to unplug. I need to go out and meet new people at a safe distance now, or I need to go for a walk or be around my family or read a book or, you know, open myself to new ideas that I, you know, listen to the radio and listen to whatever, like, but just this constant, like scrolling and all of that. And like constantly feeling like, Oh, I have to put out a new piece of content on Spotify or a new song every six weeks to like fit this algorithm or whatever. It's just, it works for some people, but I'm like, it doesn't work for me. And I can't, it just makes me feel not good. It makes, I may as well just work at a, like a different job that is, you know, just to pay the bills because basically that's how that makes me feel, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I hope so too, that I, that COVID maybe, you know, as horrible as it's been in a lot of ways, maybe the silver lining is it creates a little bit of space for people to actually live their lives. Fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 the part two project is out. Um, you had a birthday party uh, online. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think that the celebration well-deserved with, with a fantastic album and then a fantastic follow-up project with it to, to celebrate it. The ob- obvious question now is where, you know, other than Disneyland, where are you going next? <laughs> oh my God. Not Disneyland anytime soon. I'll tell you that. I'm really excited to do exactly what I was just saying. And like in the next, you know, couple months, turn off, probably take a little break from social media and all the things, uh, you know, and just start to write and um, start to be in the world in a, you know, in a kind of private way so that I can start writing and, and work towards the next project. I'm really excited about where the next project might go. Any teasers? No, literally, I am starting from a blank. I'm a, starting from a blank space, blank, blank slate. Yeah, so that's a. You know what? Sometimes it's an exciting place to start. You know, fresh and just kind of ready to to take on whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's exactly how I feel. I'm. I haven't had any kind of the kind of downtime that I'm preparing myself for. I have not had like in over five years. So I'm just like really kind of scared and excited to see what happens. Thank you for joining me. Uh, This has been fantastic. And for those of you who are uh, listening out there, make sure that you check out T. Thomason, both uh, the self-titled album, as well as all the part two projects. And we're, we're, we're excited to see kind of what comes next. Yeah, me too. Me too. Thanks so much for joining me, T. Hey, thanks. Have a good day. You too. 
Thanks for joining us. Make sure to visit our website, keyreview.ca, and feel free to head on over to Apple Podcasts to rate and review us. We'd really appreciate it. T. Thomason's debut album, as well as all four pieces of the Part 2 project, are available now on all streaming platforms. This has been the Out Loud Queer Music Podcast.